He is risen. He conquered death. He conquered death. You know, Paul says that, uh, he says, I'm being renewed every day. Even though my outward man is perishing, my inward man is participating in resurrection life. Now, I don't think that I'm allowed to reverse the aging process. I think if anybody would have been allowed, we might have seen a hint of that in, in Paul. But even so, even though the natural process is still going on, there's something inside of us that is increasing and increasing and increasing. And I believe it's going to have its fullest expression in eternity. And so if you're a believer here today and you've been saved 20 years or 25 years, you're not just holding on till you die. You are looking for something inside of you to be renewed, to increase, uh, to get larger and wider and broader and deeper. We are growing in our capacity to participate in eternity now. And when, whatever that capacity is when we die, we take with us. And that capacity we have for eternity. That's why it says that, you know, the sons of God, that some are going to shine like the sun. Some are going to shine like the sun. Some are going to shine less. We're still going to shine. We're still going to be sons. We're still going to be inheritors. But I want to participate in the eternal life of God now. Now. More than ever. I don't want to wait till I die. I don't want to just think about heaven. So what we're asking God to do in us in this journey is we want to grow in our capacity to participate in the resurrection life that was released when Jesus rose from the dead but continues to be released through you and through me today. Father, we want to say today that you are a good God, that the resurrection life that you released through Jesus when he, when he was risen from the dead is being released in us today. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, you said, will quicken my mortal body. Will quicken my mortal body. So, Lord, we say in the name of Jesus, let that life give us energy to worship this morning. Let that life speak to sickness in our bodies or, or cells that are that are acting inappropriately, we say resurrection life rise up in us and quicken our mortal bodies. We celebrate not an event that happened 2,000 years ago, but we celebrate a present reality that resurrection life is at work inside of me. Resurrection life is at work inside of you. Lord, let this room be filled today with resurrection life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, let resurrection life be a catalyst for shift and change. Let minds be delivered. Let souls be strengthened and encouraged. Let hearts be lifted up as we lift you up today, Jesus. As we're singing these couple of songs, I'm, I'm just feeling the the demand of the Holy Spirit upon our hearts. You know, if you're in a relationship and you love someone, but you're the only one that ever says, I love you, 
it, it, it's very it's very awkward and that one person that in those tender moments opens their heart and says I love you and if you say back I know it doesn't really cut it it leaves that person hanging and God has expressed his love for us Jesus has given everything to us and when we are young Christians he'll come and release something to us that will prod us to begin to open our hearts but he wants us to initiate opening truly giving everything so let's let's put off all of our thinking all of our distraction and let's set our gaze upon him let's truly Adore Him with all of our hearts, with all of our strength, with all of our mind, with all of our soul. Let's worship Him with everything that we have within us. We want to say, Lord, that You are worthy, that I should pour out all of my heart, that I should unveil myself before You and leave nothing on the table. Lord, Help us to open our hearts. We say, it's you, it's you, it's you we want. Just stay in this uh, spirit of worship. I want to read from Matthew 10, verse 46, and it says, Jesus and his disciples went to Jericho, and as they were leaving, they were followed by a large crowd. A blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. And when he heard that it was Jesus from Nazareth, he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Many people told the man to stop, but he shouted even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him over. And we know what happened from there. We know what happened. Now, a good percentage of us here, probably maybe all of us, are Christians already. And we actually need something that only Jesus can do. But as I was standing there, I began to feel that there were conditions to Bartimaeus's healing. And likewise, there are conditions to the need in your life being met today. And there are basically three components of this. And the first one that was, is the need. Blind Bartimaeus had a need. And he knew that need. He was blind and he desired to have sight. But more than that, there was an opportunity. He heard that Jesus was passing by, and he knew that Jesus could meet that need. And then the second, the third thing was urgency. That he knew that this window of opportunity was limited. He had a need, and he had an opportunity but he could have just waited to see if something could happen. But what, what was the last, the last link in this miracle was that 
he had an urgency that if he didn't cry out, he might miss his, mo- his moment. And this represents our lives. We can have a need and we can have an opportunity. But do we have the sense of urgency? And this is what happens when we become, become Christians. And, you know, a lot of the major things are dealt with in our lives. And we could probably coast from here on out. We could probably live our lives going to church and worshiping. But is this really the purpose of God? Just to make your life a little bit better? The need that is in your life right now is maybe even greater than you know. We need Him. We need His life. We need His breath. We need His touch. Maybe now because of the complacency more than ever. Because there's some self-satisfaction in our life, we need that desperation now more than ever. And part of us is, God, how can I furnish that sense of urgency if I don't really believe it's there? How can I hunger and thirst for righteousness if I don't hunger and thirst for righteousness? God, God, we cry out to you to give us a sense of urgency in our life without crisis, without accidents, without, without the threat of death. God, there is urgency before the throne of God today. There is urgency in the nations. There is urgency in the world. The world needs the divine impulse of God. The nations need a breakthrough. God, we want to enter a moment of urgency before your throne. Ah! God, we want to. We don't want to be cold and heartless. You are great, and the world needs you. We need you. Our children, our cities, our nation needs you. The Spirit brings light. The Spirit brings life. God can heal our nation. God can touch our government. God can touch our colleges and universities. God can touch our land. How bad does it have to get before we truly cry out with all of our hearts? Oh God, heal, heal. Heal our land. Heal our land. Now listen to me. God is trying to do something in our midst. But it's like it's like Bartimaeus. What went what went on in his mind before he started to cry out? Did he have to weigh the other possible outcomes? What if I cry out and he doesn't come? What if I make a fool of myself and nothing happens? And then when he makes the sound and people start coming against him, suddenly the the stakes have been raised. Do I do what they say or do I ignore them? Do I make a fool of myself even more? You know, what 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 if it's not God's will? What if... What if Jesus 
doesn't like me? What if there's sin in my life I don't know about? It? What, if, what if there's things, conditions, I, what do I do? Do I do this? Do I make a fool of myself in this moment with the possibility that nothing could happen? You see, we love those stories because all the components are there, but particularly it led to something that we know was worth the sacrifice. But what if God was wanting to bring something in response to the cry of a people, but we didn't know how to bring that fullness? And what if he had to train us by incremental measures till we cross a particular threshold? See, we like to comfort ourselves. that Well, it was God's will that that would happen. Therefore, you know, it was okay. So we're waiting for that moment of providence. We are Calvinists in our theology. If it happens, it happens. But I am not going to pay the price of being embarrassed. I'm not going to be the one with that big matzo ball hanging out there saying, I love you, and not getting a response. I want to tell you, it is incumbent upon us to be the ones who humble ourselves. This is what David understood when he was near naked, dancing before the Lord. And the others didn't understand when he was pouring himself out. When they said he had a heart after God, it's because he knew that if somebody's going to be left hanging here, it's not going to be God. It's going to be me. I deserve to be the one who's left hanging. But there's something in us that says, no, no, I don't want to be left hanging. I don't want to look foolish. I don't want to feel stupid. I don't want to pour out my heart and nothing happens. Lord, we will venture again and again and again. I declare I will look foolish. Because you are worthy to be dignified that I should pour out my heart. Oh, God. You see, we're looking for a breakthrough moment. But a breakthrough moments come as a collection of many, many, many moments of hitting the ground, striking the ground. And well, I'm tired of striking the ground. then you've lost faith. I don't know that it'll work. I don't know that it matters. And God is saying, listen, there's a level of vision I want to give you. I'm allowing you to participate in things much larger than the smallness of your life. I am doing things in nations and in people. I am doing things in your land that if that if only you could see and only you could hear, you would readily give yourself to crying out day and night. And so we say, Lord, rekindle our faith. We want to be like blind Bartimaeus when we want to believe there is an opportunity. And we want to have the urgency that causes us to grasp that moment now God is doing something deep in our heart see we think if there is an occasion to rise to in the moment 
when that occasion comes, I will really genuinely arise to it. But if you can't release your heart in a small way, you can't release your heart in a big way. If you've practiced closing your heart, if you've practiced guarding your heart, if you've practiced protecting your dignity your whole life, when it matters, you will do what you've always done. You'll do what you've always done. And God is saying, I've got a people out there, they say they want this, but they won't, they won't come after me like they want it because they don't want that big matzo ball hanging out there where they've done this thing and then they feel like idiots because nothing happened that they can see. God is trying to train a people to worship him, to love him, to follow after him with all of their heart. All of our heart. What does that look like? He's going to have a people who participate in the resurrection power of the kingdom of God. He's going to have, but they're going to be full-hearted. They're not going to be. Con- they're not going to be holding something back and in reserve for later. You know, when it really matters, Jesus, when I, I will show my love. No, no, no. There's no advance warning. The moments that come are every day. And heaven is looking. He's trying to train our hearts. Well, what is this about? Why are we worshiping? What, what, what's the point of this? Well, it's twofold. It's that. And then there's this other thing. God is taking what we break through here. When we actually break through into that global intercession, into that heavenly worship, he, when the, when the, he takes the prayers of the saints and he puts it in his vial. And he's filling up a vial. He's filling something up. Well, yeah, but if I could see that, if I could see that something was actually happening, then I could really more fully get behind it. And that's the point. We have to see, but only with the eyes of faith. There's no other way to validate what's happening except the witness that this is important. See, all the people that followed Jesus were, were new. They, when they left their their vocations. Peter left his father's business. When, when Matthew stopped collecting taxes, nobody, you know, there wasn't a voice from saying, this is the moment to change your life. Because others said, I'm not sure he's the one. I'm not sure I could risk my whole life on this. But 12 men said, no, this is that moment. But it was available to many more. It was available to many more. It was given. But we'll wait and see. We will wait and see. And many people in the church today are waiting to see. Well, does this work? Is this valid? You have to know it's valid by the witness of the Spirit inside of you. And so God is cultivating 
a people's ability to respond to that witness in moments like this. Like today, because he, he's developing a people on the earth who seek his face. So, Father, you're making your house a house of prayer for all nations. God, but we make it, we make this house everything else. Lord, we want to be a people who can pour ourselves out in a real way again and again and again and that erodes something in us, that erodes, that breaks something in us. Lord, we don't like it. But we want to be a part of your solution. Father, help us today. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. To know these divine moments so that Jesus is not weeping over Spruce Grove and saying, Spruce Grove, the day of your visitation was here, but you didn't see it. There's a reason why Jerusalem didn't see the day of their visitation because they were preoccupied with everything else. And they believe, well, if something really important comes, I think we'll know it. I saw the Lord standing off to the side of the stage. And I said, Lord, are you going to take center stage? Have we made you the center? Not yet. Not yet. And I began to repent of where I put Jesus aside, where I put him off to the side, where I had a hard time being full-hearted towards him, life's disappointments, whatever came along in my life, hardships, disappointments, dashed, expectations dashed, whatever they were. They may not have been the right expectations. So I put them off to the side. I put them off to the side. And I believe that when we go after him wholehearted, and chase him down because he is worthy to be found. He is beautiful to find. When we make him the center, he will be the center of everything in our lives. So everything we're looking at, if he's the center of it, because we had made him the center of our hearts, we cease all striving. And it's all reciprocal, so our hearts are released even more. The more he's made the center, the more our hearts are released. It's reciprocal. The more we can rise up and make him the focal point of everything. Then we see Saul striving. All fear is gone. All anguish is gone. All disappointments even fade away in the light of him being the center of every situation. And I believe that for our nation, too, that as a corporate body, as we make him the center, he becomes the center of the things happening in our nation. So we just thank you, Lord, for that. I just want to declare that, Jesus, you are the resurrection and the life. 
And then I just want to, everybody else to repeat this, but it's that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So say with me, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. Dwells in me. So Lord, we just want to declare today life. The Jews say it this way, Lachayim. So I, we want to declare this today. Ready? And I want you to shout, Lachayim! 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 So we get to release life on the earth like that. I just wanted to share. It was a neat Sunday for me, too. I was just kind of going through a lot today. And um, just as we were going through worship, it was neat because I actually had a visual. Um, I'm so blessed that I got to go to Israel. Uh, even just this last part that Drew did, I'm, I'm so blessed that I went there because uh, I got to, to visit Gethsemane. And I was thinking of Mal, your mom's here today, too, which is so awesome. And we had a few others. We, uh, we got to look uh, all around uh, uh, Jerusalem and the old city. And we got to walk down Via Della Rosa. And uh, we actually took a walk all the way up these stairs that took us a long time to get there, if you remember that. Uh, but when we got up there, we got up to Ascension Mountain and all that. And today I was just sitting here thinking of all that. And it brought it home to me in a way that it's never come home. Of just thinking these were the steps that Jesus took. This is the garden that he actually was in. And the part that stood out to me the most, though, today was a little bit different. It was that he ascended into heaven, and he left us his Holy Spirit. And I felt like the Lord say, celebrate that today. My Holy Spirit is here with each and every one of you in this room. That regardless of what you're going through, what situations you're in the middle of right now, the Holy Spirit is here amongst us and can help walk you through all that stuff. And so I thank him for that. God, I want to thank you for what you've done in all our lives for those of us in this room, salvation has come to our doorstep. We've met you. We know you. You've forgiven our sins. And today, Father, we just come before you and say thank you. Thank you for all the things you've done in our lives. Thank you for the provision. So much provision. The food we eat, the clothing on our backs, the shelter we have. God, you have not forgotten us. You have carried us through every situation, every problem we have faced. We are still standing here today because of you. And so, Father, today we can truly give you the glory. You are a good God. We are so thankful that not only you died on that cross, but you rose again. And we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody stand up. You're going to say one thing, and then we're going to release you. Anybody know what it is? What? He is risen. He is risen. Amen. Be blessed and have a wonderful, wonderful Easter.